Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Poston here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Poston's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Uh, before I, we get started on our usual thing here, I posted a video on my blog last night that I want to talk about for a sec. Uh, it's from last Saturday's Stardom 10th Anniversary Show. Okay, so the main event of this show had um, uh, Utami Hashta uh, defend her um, World Stardom Championship against Siri. You remember Siri, right? Because she used to be in the UFC. Yes, sir. Okay, so she's challenging for the championship here. Uh, you know, even if you're not a fan of this sort of thing, it's certainly worth checking out because the athleticism especially the Shuri, is off the charts. Um, she's much more experienced than, than Yutami. Shuri's been a, a pro wrestler for like 12 years, okay? You look at it, you can't believe she's that old. She is. She's in her early, she's in her early 30s, okay? But um, uh, she's also a championship-caliber kickboxer, okay? She's... Uh, so her kicks, for example, are outstanding. Utami's a much younger wrestler. Uh, she's from Hiroshima. Uh, she's only been a wrestler for three years, but she's pretty good when you consider that lack of experience. A lot of noise I'm getting here. I don't have any on my end, but I'll try to adjust around. Okay. So uh, she's pretty good for somebody who's been a wrestler for only three years. Okay, so... Um, um, it's a it's a really good match. The only problem is the finish. Okay, they went thirty minutes to a draw, and then they restarted the match, and it went thirteen minutes to a double KO. Okay, so that to me is kind of chicken shit. All right, the the uh, uh, GM Rossi Ogawa is just being chicken. You know, you got to have a finish in a big match like that, on a big show like that. Okay. But the video is well worth watching. It's almost an hour long, but it's well worth watching. So I suggest you all check it out. Okay. I always tell people to watch. People always say, like, what pro wrestling? I'm like, even if you're not into it, if you see a well done fight scene in a movie or some superhero fight scene in a movie that you enjoy, it's the same concept. You like the execution of how or not. High level execution is high level execution. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. You don't have to be a fan to enjoy the athleticism. The, these two really work well together. It's, it's, it's really outstanding. It's really outstanding. And, and they're not bad to look at either, you know. So uh, Nobody likes to admit it, but that helps. It doesn't hurt. All right, let's move on to – let's start with uh, last Thursday we had Clarissa Shields make her uh, MMA debut, Brittany Elkin with a third-round TKO, but she actually lost the first two rounds because Brittany took her down. She basically did a lay-and-pray for two rounds. So, you know, Clarissa needed a finish, and she got it. She landed one really good shot, and then she finished her. And, and you know, the, the, look, she has to do something about her takedown defense. She's not going to have this kind of luck with, you know, better fighters. That's all there is to it. I mean, she's fortunate that Brittany Elkin is inept, or she would have lost that fight. Well, 
I see that side of it, and obviously she needs to make improvements. That that goes without call. But the thing that impressed me about her was a couple things. One was just her poise. I've seen experienced MMA fighters after losing the first two rounds, being out grappled, out position, pr- pretty much just mail it in. They're not even trying to improve position. They're not trying to escape. If they defend the takedown, it's just the first level of defense. At no point did Clarissa Shields take herself out of the fight. Um, Brittany Elkins isn't a great ground fighter. She's not some submission wizard. She's not a maybe the highest level wrestler. But the fact of the matter is, she's light years ahead of Clarissa Shields. And the position she got, she should have been able to finish him, even if she's not a top-level finisher. And last well, but not least... Well, that, that was the other... Well, that was the other thing that bothered me. It's like, listen, you've got her in this position. Why aren't you doing anything? I think a lot of it was, and, and nobody noticed when Clarissa was able to land those hammer fists. Clarissa Shields got right back up and walked to her corner. Brittany Elkins was on the ground for like 10 or 15 seconds trying to recover. If that was five seconds longer, five to, seconds, five to seven seconds longer, she finishes her in, the, in that second round. In boxing, Clarissa Shields is not a puncher. And it's because it's seeming like Clarissa Shields might, in fact, be a puncher. And people who have never been hit by a skilled boxer, much less a world-class boxer, or champion, I've been hit by all three, is different than getting punched by an MMA fighter. The levels of accuracy and the power is completely different. Yeah. Clarissa Shields hits people with level might put a chalk outline around them. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that it works as well on better fighters, okay? I'm not necessarily sure it does either, but the fact of the matter is, it, it, at a world-class level, with multiple fights, Clarissa Shields, even against terrible fighters, Clarissa Shields has very few knockouts, even against one-sided girls who have no business being in the ring with her. If everything follows suit, she should not be able to, I mean, everything follows do the similar damage in mixed martial arts. For the gloves are different, the positions are different, that power is going to translate a little bit different. And, and last but not least, Carissa Shields is a... These girls are decent athletes, they're big and they're strong, but being a, a huge athlete allows you a certain margin of error. If she was a regular athlete, she would have won that fight. But being an Olympic-level athlete, you'll have multiple chances to win a fight at any fight you're in, no matter how much your skill difference there is. Well, she better do something about her takedown defense. Yeah, she, she, she needs to, but I, I got what I expected. I, I have to say, dude, I'm really impressed that she never took herself out of the fight. A lot of people just would I'm being dominated, ah, whatever, I'll get him next time. She continued to fight and continued to try to get better position. She wasn't good at it, but she never gave in, and, and that, that's half the battle of being a fighter, not just the skill. You have the will to be a fighter. A lot of people have skill sets. They don't have the will. All right. Let's go on to Friday where we had it at Victor Show. They did one of their Phoenix uh, tournaments, which you have a series of one-round matches and then a final of three rounds. Uh, this was in Adamweight, and the idea here is that the winner gets a title shot. Okay? So the, the two fighters that were in the finals was um, uh, Jessica Delboni, uh, who's Brazilian. She's a PRT fighter. Uh, teammate of uh, uh, Jessica Andrade, etc. And she just got a title shot a couple of weeks ago. And the thing is, she lost by split decision to Alicia Zapatelli, but there is some thinking that she might have won that. Okay? So she wants another shot, of course. The opponent, in the, fi- 
the opponent in the final is Lindsay Van Zandt, who we've seen before. You know, she's not that great. She has changed camps. She's moved out to Alliance in San Diego. Uh, Eric Del Fiero. And who do you think was in her corner? Angela God. Hill. Oh, God. You know what? Angela Hill's not a bad corner woman. I, I take that. Well, she was she was waving at the camera and everything. So anyway, so uh, she did okay in the early rounds, but uh, Jessica clearly won the fin- the final, and she really wanted that rematch, and she's going to get it now. And she might win this time. I don't know. Alicia is stalled out. I think. What do you think, Swan? First of all, what did you think of this uh, show or this fight? I don't know if you watched it or not. The the weird thing about these is I don't mind these. I mean, it it generates interest it gets girls fights it kind of moves the divisions forward but like you said the bad side about it is you might have somebody who lost a, a recent title fight and now they're fight so somebody there, 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 there's one other problem with it the okay. fights are boring as hell i'm trying to focus on the the less negative aspects of it but it, <laughs> i guess it, it creates those things where i mean and luckily luckily for them the title fight was disputed, so you can kind of build around that and you can sell that because it was competitive. But imagine if it had been one-sided. You just had somebody who, who got dominated by the champ walk through everybody else and get a second shot. It'd be a predicament they put themselves into. As far as the fight, we know how Jessica Andrade's camp um, pushes people. Uh, conditioning, physicality, physical strength, pressure. Um, in, in any fight that goes a distance, if, that fight, if their fighter is not outclassed athletically or there's skills i expect those fighters to win because they're built for a lot of contact high pace a grinding type fight and they're willing to take as much most fighters don't have that and that shows up the gap shows up when you're at a higher level at a victor level being big strong physical and well conditioned and fight is pretty much enough to get you a title shot and and you know win the majority of your fights you get to ufc and bellator level that's when the holes start, start showing but at this level, I expect those girls to be damn near unstoppable. Um, Alicia, I like her. She's a great athlete. She's a very good wrestler. Her skill set has plateaued. People in that camp, dude. I, I know kind of some of the work she's doing. And it's not bad work. It's just very surface-level striking that doesn't allow creativity or doesn't allow her to transition between ranges. And that's what's getting her stuck. At this level of MMA... Too many people are familiar with wrestling. You have to be able to set it up with your hands, set it up with your kick, and she cannot do that consistently. And when she can't get the takedown, her striking isn't good enough on its own to clearly win fights, even though she's a superior athlete to 90% of the girls she fights. So there needs to be some progression, because if not, the field is catching up to her. Her last two fights have not been impressive, and she got beat up on the feet in both of them. I really need to see some steps forward address adjustments, or she needs to maybe make an adjustment in her sparring partners or maybe her striking, because it's, it's the one thing holding her back. And at her size, with her lack of reach, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle when she starts facing real, real talent and real, real athleticism. All right. Let's move on to Saturday's UFC show. And uh, first of all, we had in what amounted to a uh, flyweight uh, title shot contender, uh, Lauren Murphy beat um, Joanne Calderwood by uh, – split decision and round one was the key round here but what i i'm gonna uh, way i scored it first of all it was a crappy fight it was 
garbage, okay? That's number one. Number two, it didn't make me think that either of them could beat Valentina, okay? Round one for me was a 9-9 round, okay? It was just awful. They were both terrible. So round two, you know, Lauren took her down and she won the round. And in round three, uh, Joanne was a lot better. But it's like we were talking about last week. It took her too long to get going. You know, round one, they were both terrible. Now, what happened there is that two of the judges gave it to Lauren and the third judge gave it to uh, to uh, Joanne. But for me, I thought the whole fight was a draw. I didn't think he – listen, you, you want to show people that you might have a chance to beat Valentina, so you've got to do better, okay? And the other thing that was notable, okay, after the second round – both coaches yelled at their fighters for not doing enough. Okay? Saif Saud yelled at uh, Lauren Murphy, and John Wood yelled at, at, at Joanne. So they agree with me. They weren't doing enough. You know? Yeah, yeah I've, I've had issues with John Wood repeatedly. I, I wrote an article um, when uh, Joanna dropped weight or moved up, moved up weight classes talking about five, five of the things that kind of would hold her back. And he felt that I was being negative about her when I was really just pointing out historical mistakes and flaws she's made that have held her back. Because she should have been a title contender even when, she, when she's at her lower weight class. She just never could put everything together. And I actually did an article right before this fight talking about the do's and don'ts, the things that had to be done for her to win this fight. All the things that said for her not to do is every single thing that she did in the fight. If Joanna Calderwood gets off to a faster start in the first round, she wins the first round clearly, and then the fight's already hers. The issue with her is Lauren Murphy is very limited as a fighter, technically. There's only so much further she can go as far as a striker and a fighter. But the thing about it is Lauren Murphy is committed to pushing, putting pressure on you, throwing volume, and staying in your face. When the other more skilled fighter is just picking their shots, but they can't keep you off them, you're basically giving the lesser skilled fighter that round. And that's all Lauren Murphy did. That's why they took it that way. Lauren Murphy asserted herself in the round and it looked like she was winning it because she was coming forward. Jojo was missing and not landing clean and Jojo could never create any distance or separation. So they gave, they, to me, they gave her the off of work ethic. The second round, she clearly won. The third round, you see, she ran out of ideas on the feed. The volume wasn't enough. Her technique's not sharp enough. Her, enough, her wrestling's not good enough. And Jojo took her apart. The thing about it is JoJo has the skills to have done that from round one, but she always starts slow. She she lets in a fighter like Murphy. Schwan, Schwan, Schwan. Yes, Schwan. She gave away that fight, man. I, I'm agreeing with you. Way she stayed around in boxing range. She started off the fight slow. She didn't pay attention enough to the body. She didn't use the long weapons or a front kick. She didn't use the front kick or anything like that until the end of the third round. And as soon as she started using it, she was dominating. She just came out unprepared again for a title contending shot. Yeah. It's like in front of her and mentally she can't flip the switch. She just dominated Jessica I made it look easy. That same fight she'd used to beat Jessica I would have crushed Lauren Murphy, but she didn't do Murphy. And Lauren Murphy finally got her, her big win. But Lauren Murphy, through the entirety of her run, this undefeated streak she's had, she's been beating up on third and fourth tier. I have no faith that Lauren Murphy's going to be able to grind out Valentina Shevchenko. She doesn't have the athletic. Oh, are you kidding? She's, 
She no way. Chin. She doesn't have the chin. She doesn't have the physicality. Valentina would have to fall asleep at the wheel or injure herself in the fight for Murphy to have a chance at this. JoJo has somewhat of an argument before this fight, but after this fight, her, any urge to see her fight the champion is gone now. So the UFC won because they have a contender, but they also lost because nobody believes this contender is good enough. Just like when Jessica I fought and I got the title shot, everybody's like, Jessica I's going to get killed. I'm thinking they're thinking the same thing with Laura Murphy. And Laura Murphy got the shot she was complaining about, but did she look real happy after she won? Happy, like she, she is, she's getting to fight Valentina. She did not look excited. I don't know if it was, she was unhappy about uh, uh, fighting Valentina or if she was unhappy that she didn't win dominantly. Well, then those two things should be connected because if you can't, if, you, if JoJo Calderwood is out positioning you and countering you at distance, that's a bad sign for what Valentina is going to do to you. That's a real bad sign. Yeah. Okay. And the other fight, which was at Bantamweight, we had Pani Kianzad beat uh, Alexis Davis by unanimous decision. And I think this went pretty much like I thought, like we thought it would. Uh, you know, Panny won, for me, Panny won all three rounds, 30-27. Two of the three judges scored it that way as well. So one thing I wanted to comment about here, and that's that during round two, Joe Rogan, God bless him, on the broadcast was making such a big deal about Alexis Davis leg kicks, okay? And the problem with him doing that is it gives the viewer and the fans a false impression because, honestly, judges do not give um, uh, proper weight to those kind of leg kicks. They just don't get scored with any kind of significance. And they have to, you know, him and Felder and Anik, they have to tell fans that, okay? Because they know that. So. Yeah. I see two sides. Let me, let me, let me, uh, so, I mean, I don't listen, they have to tell fans the truth because what happened in that fight is some fans thought the scoring was not as close as it should have been, but they didn't explain it properly, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a mistake they make. Sometimes the fighters, they'll talk about a technique and they look at from the fight, kick is getting, it's landing consistently, it's scoring points, but they forget to look at the broader picture and say, Generally, unless you're doing tremendous damage or that setting up your your punches to the head, the strikes to the leg don't get as much credit as they should, even if they're doing damage. We recognize they're doing damage, but the judges don't always. That being said, that's, go ahead. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, they have to tell fans that, and they don't do it. Yeah, the ball on that one. To, but to be fair, it. They keep telling me that Panny has improved as a fighter technically. I believe she's proved it conceptually. Better understanding of who she is. She knows how she should fight. She's a better fighter as far as her strategy and her perspective on fighting. Technically, I don't see a lot of growth. She didn't have any answer for that, those leg kicks. And against somebody who's a more powerful kicker, that probably turns the fight right there. And at no point did I think that Kiam did was more skilled. It was pretty much a matter of, her strength, her physicality, and her cardio just wore well, Davis it's because down. she she won that fight because of her size. Yeah, she. she but we physical progression as a fighter. Isn't that what we said last week? Yeah, I mean, Dave, to me, David showed David showed she's more experienced. David showed she's more skilled. But every time Davis would get built some momentum, it would take her so much energy to to stay in the fight. 
late in the round, she starts gassing, and Keonza just turns it on again. So is it time for Alexis to retire? I don't think it's necessarily time for her to retire because I still think there's girls she can beat. Um, it's just it's just not as many, but she can still win fights in the division. Now, if she's talking about being a champion, I don't think that's in her future. But if she just wants to fight and make money and, and stay active and stay around the game, then yeah. Because most of those girls aren't – Kansas didn't really beat her up. In her last four fights, she has, she's won a few, she's lost a few, but she hasn't really taken life-changing, altering punishment. So I can see why she's continuing to fight. She's, not, she's making money. She's making a good account of herself, and she's not really getting beat up. So she's probably going to ride it out as long as she can. Now, after the fight, Pandy called out Raquel Pennington, and she announced today on Twitter that she has signed for her next fight. So that's, we'll a smart, that's a smart fight. Pennington's not a great athlete. It's just Pennington. Pennington's not a great athlete, and she's lost a step. But Pennington's got some decent size, and Pennington's like a more skilled version of Penny. But maybe she's thinking she and wear her out because Raquel has. Uh, can, can I? Can I uh, listen? Here's the thing on Raquel Pennington. I don't think she's the same fighter since she had that ATV accident a few years ago. Remember that? That is true. Okay. But, so I, I don't think she's who she used to be. To be fair, she she did beat Irene Aldana, and Aldana's better than anybody that Panny's beaten. Well, that, that's probably true. But I think Panny could beat her as well. Anyways, let's move on to this Saturday's show. We have two women's matches on the show, both on the prelims. The first one is at strawweight. It is uh, Verna Yandaroba uh, versus Kanako Murata. Verna is a Brazilian. She uh, is from Bahia, Brazil. She trains at Academia Fight House. Um, she was a um, uh, strawweight champ in Invicta, but... She hasn't done that great in, in the UFC. She's like uh, two and two or something like that, or something. She, she hasn't done that great. Yeah. Uh, Conoco, now she's she's a wrestler. Apparently, she's a wrestler. That's her strength. But Conoco is on. Conoco Murata is at another level as far as wrestling goes. Conoco is from Japan. She. Uh, was a championship wrestler at Nihon University. She was discovered by uh, Olympic two-time Olympic champ Zari Yoshida, and she she fought for Ryzen for a few years. Ryzen sold her contract to the UFC, so she did great in her debut, and she's an elite wrestler already. Okay, and if that's what she needs to be to win this fight, I think she's got it in the bag. Okay, she's really good yeah there's some danger in this fight but for the most part it's the, it seems to be a showcase fight um john roba is a very good grappler but usually she's how the fight's going like if she's on her back if she wants to be on her back she's good at submitting people if she wants usually she's great for on top she's probably not going to get those positions against Murata. she's she's not going to get them and if she tries for him she'll probably wear herself out trying to get that takedown or being in those extended grappling exchanges. I think this fight might be similar to the Dern, a bit, be more dominant version of the Dern versus John DeRoba fight. You'll see some, some striking exchanges, but unlike Dern, Murata and should be able to punish her. As long as she fights a really smart fight and doesn't overextend herself, she should win this fight fairly handily. Um, John DeRoba never goes down without a fight, so I expect it to be fairly exciting in spots, but she, it, on paper, she's just outclassed. 
Murata is about the better opposition. She's the better athlete. I think she hits hard, and she's a better wrestler. She, I don't know if she's straight she, up better. She's all she's she's also quicker. Yeah, she's yeah, she's much quicker. So um, I don't know. That she's by the, the way, better by the way, I forgot to mention that when when Conoco is in the U.S., she trains with Kieran Fitzgibbon at Compact Sports Academy in Dublin, California. Yeah, it's, it's, I really hope to see a little bit more of her striking, not to strike purely, but to see her make those takedowns a little bit easier with a better, more diverse striking, more aggressive. I don't know about that. <laughs> She's going to have to at some point. Okay. The other, the other fight is at uh, flyweight. It is Lara Procopio versus Casey O'Neill. Now, Lara is a Brazilian. She trains at Nova Unia. So that kind of speaks for itself. She's one and one in the UFC. Uh, I'd like to see more of her. I have seen enough of her to really see if I like her or not. Casey O'Neill is from Scotland, but she trains now at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas with Eric Nixick. And in her UFC debut, she looked really good. And I have a feeling she's going to look really good here, too. Yeah, she didn't beat a she didn't beat a great fighter in her. The she took power, she showed power, she showed physicality that, that I think separates her from the majority of the people in the division. I think just based on her athleticism, physicality, and power, she could probably beat you know any number from seven to eleven fighters in the division. And she's got skills to back it up. I don't think that Laura's in her class athletically, and I think there's a gap, and with that broad of a gap, um, I don't I don't see how she wins this unless she can just maybe stun her or catch her catch her in transition, but if she's a better yeah, athlete, I, I, and Casey O'Neill's got a great chin, so I don't know that she can hurt her either. And she has great coaching. Yes. She has great coaching. So I I, I think both of these fights that we're going to see on Saturday are kind of showcase fights. Yep. I mean, they're just they're trying to build some opponents who have some skills and, and, and a win over them means something, but it's clear who the UFC wants to win these fights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they win either way. If they, the the fight, they win either way. But they clearly have an agenda about who who they want to go, who they want to win, and I respect them for it. You need to move high, big signings and and prospects. You need to move them differently than just fighters who just made the cut. You need to develop them, expose them to different styles and different body types, so they can be the elite competition. Okay, that's about it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Schwan? No, I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any, uh, and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for either my blog or my podcast, you can leave them at Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.